Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, welcome to the Autocar Podcast. You join me, Matt Pryor, and I'm sitting alongside James Tisdale, and he's lost the power of speech at the minute because he's driving a BMW M1 for the very first time. I am, and this is a very, very exciting moment. Uh, I mean, this this is like proper, proper bedroom wall poster stuff, isn't it? When yeah. I was a kid, this car was, it was up there. Yeah, it's and spectacular, isn't it? It's really, it's really spectacular, and it's... So on this pod today, we're going to be talking about some cars we have not, some M cars, BMW M cars that we have not driven before, uh, which is yes, which is where this one comes in. And it's the funny thing about this, mate, is it? It's not like any other M car, is it? No, it's it's the car that started the whole M car thing, but literally, it feels like no other M car I've ever driven. Mm. I'd say apart from the engine, that three and a half litre straight six, it's, it's totally... It sounds great though. It does. That induction noise is mega. I mean, we've got to go easy on the old thing, so we're not yeah. winding it right out, but... It's been, yeah, we've been advised it's not, it's, uh, it's not in raggable condition. No, it's no. not in bad condition, is it? But it's, it's, it's not, not so you, you wouldn't, they, they don't want us to completely thrash the knackers off it so we're not um, strange to be in a supercar with a six with a straight six engine I it like is. straight six engines because yeah. they've got that perfect smoothness of primary and secondary moments of inertia whatever yeah. they are you know but they're, they're in perfect balance and I re- and I really like but somehow they've never been perceived as good enough for supercars it's strange isn't it it's yeah. almost like they want to just stick them together and make a V12 and oh that's a proper supercar yeah engine. now it's a supercar yeah but I'm, I'm a massive fan of a straight six I think it's well this thing. this sounds like a supercar engine and yeah. yes by the standards today it's not fast I suspect you get skinned alive by a oh, two litre TDI oh yeah hot hatchback TDI. yeah, yeah. Um, but oh, what a great sounding thing and it's just got torque everywhere yeah if you want to spin it around, mate, we can probably yeah. head back. Yeah, probably a good idea. Yeah, that's where we're in North Allerton, but we're not. Yeah. Uh, what's the gear shift like? Uh, it is very precise. It's a bit sticky, but I was expecting a wobbly old shift. You know, you expect old car, and there is stuff about this car that makes you think it's its age. So, 1978, it was designed, mm-hmm. and the driving position. It's woeful. 
It's not great, is it? I mean, I'm sitting in a passenger and my feet are skewed across because of the uh, wheel arch intrusion. And your feet are doing the same, aren't they? Exactly. Only, like, in the foot, in the foot well, which is unusual. I mean, I, I struggle to think that surely people didn't understand ergonomics back in the day. I mean, they were smaller, I suppose. I suppose so, but did everyone want to sit facing no, like that know. while it's they were weird. driving? It is strange. But I sort of, I don't know about this, because I'm, because to an extent, I'm prepared to forgive a little bit because I like compact cars. Yes. And therefore, if this feels smaller, and it does, to me, certainly from me, I'm sitting on effectively the wrong side because it's left-hand drive. Yeah. So I'm sitting facing the traffic, which is always a weird thing for a passenger to be doing. I think it always feels slightly unsettling. Yeah. But if I was in a wide left-hand drive brand new supercar, I would be feeling much more nervous because yeah. there'd be much less space between me and the oncoming traffic. I think that's that's totally spot on. I think if you were to drive, jump into a, a modern supercar, never mm. driven it before, this is the first time I've ever driven this car, modern supercar, left-hand drive, out you go onto the roads, it would feel a lot more intimidating. Yeah, and we've just done car. a little turn in the road and the visibility was very good yeah. and I wasn't worried about the nose scuffing the ground or anything like that no. and ruining three grand's worth of carbon fibre. You know, as a as a supercar, it's very obviously made by a normal car manufacturer. Yeah. Who bears in mind, you know, the... Oh, but maybe they were all like that. No, maybe they weren't all like that. You know, well, Lamborghinis of that era were difficult, weren't they? Yeah, Much I think more so. difficult than this. I've, I've driven a Countach and that's... Yeah. Have you? Yes, I have. I have not. Have you not? No, oh. I'd love to. There's, there's a future podcast. Well, yeah, because that, that is my bedroom wall... Probably my bedroom wall car, yeah. Countach, I reckon. But that, that was a car, and that was a right-hand drive car on UK roads, and that yeah. felt you had to be aware of where everything was. Really, you in know, a way that you don't in this. This, this like I say, you've got thin pillars, big windscreen. Oh, I could listen to that engine all day long. Now, the reason we are recording this is because we're doing a video about some M cars, and we're kind of defining our perfect M. So we've got a bunch of them together. So in a minute, I'm going to jump into an M5 CS, which is a new one, sort of bookend the entire range. And I've never driven the M5 CS. Okay. People tell me it's amazing, but we'll find out in a minute. But the idea, the idea is we're doing this video and feature in the mag about our perfect M car. There's quite a lot in this would make my perfect M, I think. Yeah. I mean, the more I drive it, as I said earlier, you know, by modern supercar standards, by any performance car standards, it's quite slow. Yeah. Um, I don't mind that. No, no. Well, I mean, I drove that car. We'll talk about it more later. The M5 CS. Yeah. I drove it to this event, and I felt it was just an exercise in self-restraint. Really. Whereas this, you feel like you can wind it out in second and third. No, straight on. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, straight on. You can wind this out in second and third, and not really feel like you're being a nuisance. No, exactly. So that's, yes, yeah, so you've just taken that through second into third. Yeah. We're still doing less than 60 miles an hour. And there is no way that you'd be able to do that in a modern no. supercar. You'd go through second and third and, oh, I'm doing 110 already. Yeah. And there's so much, I mean, it rides quite that's nicely. Right. It does ride properly, doesn't it? And the steering is, it's unassisted, so it's a bit heavy at low speed. Yeah. But get moving and you've got, it's just always just writhing away in your hands. And I'm sure if you were 
going for the extra, you know, a few you could, tenths. You could go straight on because that road, this road goes to Croft. Okay. You know, if you were driving to end it all, extra few tenths, I suspect it's probably quite, demands quite a lot of concentration. Oh, I see, yes, okay, yeah. Um, but just doing this, driving it briskly, I mean, yeah. you're going faster than most traffic. Yeah. And it just feels really nicely balanced. I know it's that cliche, you shouldn't meet your heroes. And it is a massive cliche, and I've just gone out and said it, so. <laughs> but I think you should in this case. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. Right, well, I'm gonna... Um, should we, should we'll head back, yeah, we'll head back. Well, on. I was, I was just gonna say, you know, given, given this a podcast, should we talk a little bit about its history? Should we talk about what well, this car is, what this represents? Well, we could, but I mean, we have to remember it. Okay. So, so. Well, should we name some interesting facts that we know about an M1? Some interesting facts. So, all right, I'm going to tell you an interesting fact about okay. the M1. I went to McLaren's uh, heritage storage slash where they keep their old cars. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And in there, they've got some projects that they've been involved in. Ah, some models, yeah. models of projects they've been involved in. So they've yeah. got that nine. Porsche 930 Turbo with the tag engine, malarkey, whatever it was. Which is a very cool thing. Which is a very cool thing. They've got all their old F1 cars, not all of them, but a lot of their old F1 cars. They've got some Lewis Hamilton racing carts. Yeah. And um, then they've got a land speed record model that they were vaguely involved in, which never happened. And they've got two models of a BMW M1. And I said, why do you have models of a BMW M1? And they weren't explicit, but they had some kind of involvement in this car. Well, I thought now, and this 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 is where the internet can correct me. I thought, you know, McLaren Project Four, Ron Dennis's outfit, didn't it run? If not one car, if in not the pro a, car. Yeah. Yes, I think it did. Yeah, I think it did. But I also wonder if they. I did wonder if it had some kind of other involvement in oh. development. I maybe. I mean, that may be completely horseshit. But Lamborghini had a hand in this. Didn't yeah, 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 very much built so. In Italy. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, and I can't believe that Lamborghini and McLaren had a hand in the building slash creation of them it would be, yeah. that would be weird but yeah there, there are also a lot of there are also a lot of models in there because they because Ron was a big fan of the colors of seeing the color scheme on a model uh, for all this for the sponsorship and the colors and things like yeah. that he used to want to see them on a model before they put them on the car itself right. so it may be as simple as that but I the impression I got was there was a god that sounds good there was a bit more to it than that so go on, give me a factoid about an M1. Well, I think I may have given my first factoid away that it was made by... Oh, it was made by Lamborghini. Lamborghini. Yeah. Uh, I know that there are, I believe, 400 and... Is it 435 were made? Or was it 453? Oh, I don't know that. Just over 400. Okay. Because they were originally targeting Group 4 homologation, I believe. And it ended up in Group 5, and then... Oh, really? It also... Obviously, they did uh, Pro Car. It was also a rally car. Was it? Yes. No, so that is Bernard Bagwan, yeah. if that is how you pronounce his name. Bernard, if you're it out there and I pronounce your name wrong, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, he rallied it in the French National Championship. Now that's cool. That is very cool. That is cool. Your M1 knowledge outdoes my M1 knowledge by quite a significant margin. Well, I don't know about that. I, I, I That McLaren thing. I'm well, yeah, but I think it's that. just nonsense. I think it's just. You're, I think you're right. I think it's just they. Probably Ron just had it had a colour scheme test on yeah. it. But the bloke was a bit vaguer about. Maybe he didn't know. But yeah. 
It's good knowledge anyway. It's good knowledge. It's good knowledge. Oh, and also another fact maybe. Yeah. That may have, uh, it's got the two uh, BMW badges on the back, isn't it? One on each end of the engine cover, and that allegedly is because they were worried people would mistake it for a Lamborghini or a Ferrari. No, is that it right? Was new. Yeah, I believe. And so. a small child walked past this morning. I'm not making this up, yep. listener. A small child walked past this morning um, because we are based. Uh, we're based in uh, at Croft Circuit. We've based ourselves to do this. And um, he's with his family, and they're doing, one of them's doing a driving experience or something. He walked past, and he looked at it, and he went, "Oh, look at that Ferrari!" Because I mean, it is a red yeah. mid-engine supercar. You would think that would be. Which sort of proves that that idea didn't work. Yeah, didn't yeah. No. Well, I suppose he was looking at it from the side, I so he couldn't so. see the badge. Maybe they should put another badge on the side. Right. Anyway, so that's enough of uh, M as supercar. Let's go and have a go in an M I haven't driven, which is the M5 CS. Right, so I'm uh, now in the very latest, which I have not driven, very latest and greatest, I've just accelerated from 30 to 60 miles an hour in about, you know, three words. Of, yeah. yeah. Uh, the latest M, BMW M5 CS, that was 30, and that is 60. That is yeah. just, it's, that is absurdly rapid. It's just, oh, I, I hate to say it, I hate to say it too fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not, it's how fast do you need to go? Yeah. 30 miles an hour. That's it. That's, that's, that was up to 60. That's the speed limit, though. I just up. eased off at 58, thereabouts. You could argue, well, you know, take it to a track, but do yeah. you want to take a two-ton... But do you want to take a two-ton executive saloon, uh, you know, what car luxury car of the year, whatever they call it? Executive, it is it executive car of the year? No, it might be luxury car of the year. I luxury can't remember what they call it. I mean, it's not a luxury car because luxury is very different. As even uh, as even people at Bentley will will mock and they go, no, actually, the a seven series isn't a luxury car because they're not in a luxury sphere. They don't operate in luxury. We're the luxury. Yeah, it's a bit. Yeah, it's a bit catty, isn't it? But they're right. Then you know they're like, look, look, you can't you can't be luxury if you also sell a two series. You can't. That's because you're not luxury. Wow. Luxury is luxury. Luxury is luxury. Luxury is yeah. Is not for the. Is not for the masses. It's, it yeah. doesn't. It doesn't sully itself with the same stalks yeah. that you would get on a thirty grand car. It's all top end. You shouldn't be able to buy a Bentley Valley brand. I can't afford a whole Bentley, but yeah. Or do you? I've got a Bentley Fiesta. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that wouldn't that wouldn't. An Aston Martin Signet. Well, it, mm, yeah, is that luxury? No, it's probably not. No, it's not. No, of course it's not. It means to an end. It's a CO2 dodge. Yeah, exactly. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, anyway. Oh, there's probably a pod. There's a pod in them. Yeah. What we've said. 27.7 mpg. I had it up to over 30 mpg on the way here. This, this, Did you? This, I might have been a letdown. No, no, no. This is just where I'm at in my life now. Oh, I it's see. Like, Were you trying to get it over 30? No, I was I was just... It's the M1, so it's Haydex 3 all the way up. So you just yeah. stick the cruise to 75, because otherwise you're going to get pink. Yeah. And, again, it kind of calls into question, increasingly, not only do we have the space... We don't have the space to exercise these sorts of performance cars. Yeah. Uh, there's a surveillance culture that means yeah. you can't really anyway. Yeah, that's true. And so, give give me a 600 plus horsepower super saloon, and I'll see how many MPG I can get out of it. Yeah, I think that's fair. This is very good, isn't it? It is. It really steers nicely. It drives nicely. It is. I mean, if there is no better. No. It, big sports saloon. But whether that excites me enough to be my favourite M car is no, a very I, a different question. You'd have to, given that there's only two seats in the back, you'd need to be spending a lot of time carrying two adults in the back of your car to justify spending the extra on this over a M3, I think, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think so. If what you yeah. want is a fast road saloon car is it notably more comfortable than an M3 a current M3 do you think and oh, more refined and quieter that's, that is a good question I think it, it might be I think it is and that, that's a good that's a good point and that, that is true but then I mean you can go down rabbit holes as, as a wise man or woman once said to any argument it's more complicated than that yeah but if you're looking for refinement and the right comfort you'd go and buy a 540 do they still do that 545e or something like that oh probably yeah and I always thought actually of the even back as far as the the V10 powered yes E60 E60 M5 I thought the 550i they did at that point which had a V8 engine yeah uh was it a 5 litre or was it, did, was it badged as a 550 Ooh, even if it was, was only 4.4 4. 4 or 4.6 or 4.8 maybe? Well, I think it was 4.8. Yeah, it was Something 4. in 8. my head says 4.8. But that was a lovely, lovely car and it outrode an M5 and it, it still drove very nicely, I think, and it had a proper range. Yeah. Well, it wasn't 12 miles between fills 
and it had a proper prop gearbox. Yeah. And my understanding is that they don't explode in quite the same fashion either. So wonderful. All being told, I thought that was a great car, and I would have chosen one of those over an M5 of that generation. Yeah. And I wonder if there is a 5 Series I would choose over this. Well, there isn't there one though, isn't there? A, I think there's an M something, isn't there? An M550. Yes. Well, maybe that's not I believe there is. And like you say, would that not give the better blend of ride yeah, refinement comfort? Five series versus. Yeah. Things. It's a tricky one because I, th I think they've they've engineered this exceptionally, and I think it's fully deserving of the praise that comes its way as a driver's yeah. car, given its size and weight. Yeah. But. But. Where does it does it? I, I think you're right. I don't think there's a lot we're going to take away from the M car. Good, all right. Well, you've got to drive um, an E90. Two. Yes, GTS. M3 GTS. Intriguing car, that one. Bright orange, yeah. big wings, hardcore. So, Joe, we swap places again. Yep. And you are now driving an M3 GTS for the first time. Yes. Um, do you like it? Well, well. I had some expectations about this car. I missed out on it first time round for various reasons. And it's a car that always seemed to intrigue me. I, yeah. I don't know about you, I always felt that it was a car that, it had a kind of, either a dedicated following of people who absolutely loved it mm -hmm. and totally got it, and those who got out of it thinking, I'm not sure why this exists, why have they done this? And I know there was the, as divisive as an M4 GTS of the, of the, of the yeah. recent, the generation before last, generation before this one. I don't think it was quite as divisive as that car, but I got yeah. the sense that some people absolutely loved it. Oh, yeah, that's a what transport is that? Is it a Hercules or is it like an A400 M1? Do they still use Hercules? Do they still come? I don't know. I sort of, I sort of imagine they will until I die, but I don't know. Maybe they don't anymore. Maybe they're all, maybe they're swapped. I hope so. Anyway, where were we? So yeah, it's a, it's a very odd car for me because it's kind of, it's a very motorsport influenced car. Yeah. And they, they play up the shtick, it's got the big wing, we've got the roll cage behind us, we've got big Recaro bucket seats. Yeah, and I'm six, sat in a four-point harness. Yeah. You are not because you're sensible. Yeah, because I've had a road car and that doesn't. Right. I, I would always wear a three-point reel in a road car. Exactly. But it's a car that I don't think has any significant motorsport pedigree. No, I'm presumably people have raced them. Yeah. Or were they've made, or they've, they've taken this generation M3 and raced it and made them like this. Maybe you wouldn't necessarily race exactly this because it's too rare and valuable, which is. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I, yeah, I don't think anyone would actually race one a of these. GTS, yeah. I don't know how many they made of them. This one appears to be number 49. It's 49. Um, but it's a, it's a surprising car because I was expecting it to be a real head banger. Yeah. You look at the outside of it, obviously it's bright orange. It's got Very the big wing. Yeah. You couldn't fit a size zero cigarette paper <laughs> between the wheel arch and the sidewall. Yeah. Yeah, it does fit those those out of the back. It does fit. Yeah. It does fill that completely. Yeah. It looks like it's absolutely hammered down to the road. Exactly. You know, like some kind of mid nineties Fiesta Max Power. 
one that's been yeah one that's been set up by someone who really understands suspension and how best to make a car handle a ride on the road yeah and yet as you say when you get going it's a bit knobbly but get some energy through it and it rides surprisingly well I'm expecting to hear tyres rubbing on the inside of wheel arches on these roads and we're not getting anything like that and in fact the faster you go the more controlled it feels that is you're right and 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 when you say that that's when I think yeah and I start to imagine what it what it ought to be like if it were and I'm thinking it ought to be like a racing car it ought to have that yeah loudness that unsophisticated loudness of just you know you of hearing gravel being pinged up against the the body and that that real rawness but it doesn't actually have that at all does it really it's it's very it's a it's a decent road car yeah yeah. it's a very refined road car very refined road car that's overstating it but it is a reasonably yeah i think i think if you if you wanted to use it every day if you, you could ditch the wing yeah. And whether the roll cage makes any difference to the structural rigidity, I'm sure it does. I'm but sure it, it does, yeah. I would keep the cage. I'd keep the cage. Well, yes, yeah. Because I'd like that, but you know. If you wanted yeah. rear seats, yeah, you yeah, could yeah. use it as an everyday road car. I mean, even the engine, the engine is, it goes some. But it's not, it's not a total jaw-dropping firecracker of a, listen to that noise, my eardrums are falling out. Yeah. But it sounds quite nice. It does sound, and it doesn't. It's not overtly V8 no. in a muscly car. No. Although I, this engine can can sound a bit like that. I drove that Smith Vehicle Engineering Anita, yeah. which is the Z4 that looks like a Z8 coupe, and they took the four-liter engine rather than the 4.4, but they've made it like this engine. They've done enough mods to it to change it, so it is almost this engine. And that sounds properly muscle car at low revs, and then properly race car when you get up the top end. So it's a very versatile, flexible yeah. uh, it's, uh, engine, I, and I like it a great deal. I, it sounds highly tuned, which I think yeah. is which is, is nice in a car like this. And another thing, having driven some older BMW M cars with automated gearboxes, yeah. now this is a DCT, I believe, is it not? Uh, yes it is, yes it, it is. is, yes, dual clutch. And obviously it's a lot, lot smoother than the old SMG gearbox. Oh, yeah. And do you know what? Given the car's focus, I'm not sure I miss a manual in it. Yeah, I think that's probably fair, actually. Yeah, I think that's probably... And if you were on circuit, you may well absolutely love having the paddles rather than the manual. Yeah, because there's quite a lot going on. I mean, we're driving driving sensibly because we're having a nice chat. Yeah. Um, But I imagine it can keep you on your toes especially if it's less than ideal conditions. Yeah. I mean, I think this is on Pilot's 4S's, so it's not an extreme tyre, but even with little temperature in it, earlier when we were pulling out of a junction, the traction control light was going 10 to the dozen, and there wasn't a lot of throttle being used. Yeah. So of the two M cars you have driven for the first time today, Uh, what do you think? They're very, 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 very different. And it's a difficult... The M1 has a great sense of occasion and that partly comes from its its history and its place in the M pantheon. And I love the engine. 
I love the fact it's a physical driving experience. You have to be involved. This is obviously a much more modern thing. And it's the car that if I had to get, if I, if someone said to me, you've got to drive quickly down that stretch of road, mm. it's the one you'd want to take because it's so much more controlled, faster. You know, the paddle shift gearbox helps, but it's, it's strange. They feel so far, both of them, so far removed of what I have in my mind's eye as an M car. Yeah. They're two extreme bookends of the M spectrum. Yeah. Yeah, and it goes to show what, what, a, what a diverse thing M is, I suppose. Yeah. 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 Well, thanks for listening to this M special podcast with uh, me, Matt Pryor, and him, James Disdome. Um, the Autocar podcast is uh, around a lot. We do uh, business ones too. There are me and Cropley's Motoring Week, and uh, so look out for those or you're at your favourite podcast provider. We're also autocar.co.uk every week. We're in all good news agents every Wednesday and on digital subscription and over on the YouTube tube because that is the modern media landscape. We're everywhere. Uh, thanks for joining us. See you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.